Hi, dear listener. Zach here. I'm proud of the work we did on Call of Discovery and Keyforge Public Radio, and last year I took my love of podcasts full-time with my company, Rooster High Productions. If you know someone with a business who wants to broadcast their expertise through podcasts and derived social media marketing, send them my way to Zach at RoosterHigh.com. Thank you so much. Hello and welcome to Call of Discovery, the podcast where we invite you on a journey into the Crucible for a weekly or fortnightly celebration of all things Keyforge, its community, and the excitement of Discovery. I'm your co-host, Zach Armstrong, along with, as usual, Ed Pocock. How are you, Ed? Hi, Zach. Well, it's been quite a year, hasn't it, with with Restring Guntus restricting many of us to our homes for much of it. and uh, (laughs) COVID Guntus. Yeah, COVID Guntus. And now we've had this nasty, you know, advent of dark amber here in the UK, which Mm. has mutated coronavirus. And uh, our favorite dysfunctional father Christmas, Chota Hasri, has been forced to cancel the occasion for this year. So what 2021 brings can only be unfathomable. Uh, yes, only only unfathomable, only unfathomable indeed. And uh, Ed, we uh, we don't have a, a a guest on today. We have we have a topic that you and I are going to be diving into, and it's oh man, it's it's uh, not exactly a, a fluffy one, is it? It's a big topic, Zach. It and is. That, that makes me excited. It's a crunchy topic. I'm sure many of the creatures of Untamed would like to get their jewels around this one. <laughs> Yes, yes. Massage your temples, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Archons all, because you are going to get your jaws on this topic. Today, we are going to be talking mm-hmm. about uh, how Keyforge survives the pandemic. We want to um, be both serious and optimistic here. Um, we think being you know, optimistic and positive uh, is not exclusive of, of having a, a serious discussion and looking at some realities. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, you know, when Ed and I look at how successful Keyforge has been, you know, uh, how other card games are doing and that sort of thing. I mean, at the end of the day, we do think Keyforge survives, right? Like we, we think we come out of this. We, we think FFG and Asmodee say, you know, this has been very, this has been very successful. We'll continue to continue to invest in it. But a lot of what they do, and we'll talk about some things we want from FFG and Asmodee, but a lot of what, but most of what's under our control, of course, is is what we can do, what the community can do, what content creators and, and just Keyforge fans can do. So we're going to talk about a lot of different things today, all related to how Keyforge survives the pandemic and diving into uh, a number of things that we can be doing as the community to, to help do our part, pull on that rope. Absolutely. And to do this, we uh, we thought, well, you know, Zach and I alone aren't going to come up with all of the best ideas out there. Mm-hmm. So we put together a little survey and I have to say we were completely overwhelmed by the volume of responses we got which was both amazing and um yeah it was it was like a bunch of christmas presents we had over a hundred responses including the ideas that people brought up in comments to Mm, us and yes um, yes, you all had some did i just say you all 
Oh gosh, Zach, I've been doing too many podcasts with you. Um, Excellent. Good work, mate. You had some incredible ideas that we are very excited to share and we hope will give you the Keyforge community and content creators and potential content creators and community organizers plenty of inspiration for 2021. And I think we had two goals with this episode, it's safe to say. The first one was to pull together all of your best ideas on what players and community organizers can do to really propel this game into the future. Our second uh, goal with this episode was to broach this topic and canvas a community in a way that we didn't hear the words Keyforge or is Keyforge dying once. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And we were so close, Zach. We were so close. We nearly got through all of the responses before finding one from valued Keyforge member of the community uh, who asked to be identified only as, and I quote, your butt. My butt. Who insists? <laughs> I mean, I think we need some clarity on whose butt they were. They were emulating. Yeah. I, I don't know, but they insist, whoever it is, that the game is indeed dead. Um, mm. But seriously, I think there's something around this because I mean, we we are pretty convinced that yeah, Keyforge has a proven track record for for Asmodee for Fantasy Flight Games. It's their own IP it makes sense for them to invest in it. This this horrible pandemic has been insane, um, and particularly for a game that revolves around getting more than one person around a table to mm-hmm. play. TCO, all these things are incredible, but this has stunted its growth. And, you know, not just growth, but its just ability to sustain the, the player base that it had before going into the pandemic. So, of course, Keyforge is having some challenges. And, and of course, we as players of this game, as a community that are, you know, invested in, in this game, because I think it's safe to say that we all get quite a lot from this game in different ways and the community around it. And of course, we're all concerned to keep that and keep that that feel-good community alive with with the game but at the same time i think voicing that and saying oh is keyforge dying i i think there's some performativity to that i think if people hear people saying keyforge is dying this game's dying then it becomes true because people are less likely to engage with it people are less likely to purchase things with it people are less likely to spend time in that community because they're scared that it might not be there i think we're pretty confident that it is going to be there for for the foreseeable future um so i think we, we should be putting more good things out there into the world um, rather than rather than the negatives. I agree. And the funny thing about the question, is Keyforge dying, is, well, okay, what do you mean by dying? Uh, do you mean, is Keyforge canceled by FFG? Then uh, the answer is uh, pretty consistently no. And, um, you know, we've got a couple sets uh, beyond Dark Tidings planned out already. So hopefully we'll We'll mm. see those. So the, the answer is no. You don't need to post that on Reddit or wherever else because uh, you've already got your answer. Now, mm. is Keyforge, if you're asking, uh, are less and less people playing it? And is the game having some difficulties? Um, well, I regret to inform you that uh, there is a global pandemic happening. There is? Yes. 
Oh, blimey. <laughs> yes. I didn't know how that passed me by, Zach. But. So, uh, so is Keyforge dying in that, is it suffering from the pandemic? Um, yes. So, But that also means that uh, Magic the Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh!, Pokemon, uh, everything else is dying except for perhaps, you know, Zoom's stock and Amazon.com and Facebook and all these giants that continue to get bigger. So uh, all that to say, uh, I think discussions around the state of the game are, are good, but simply the question is Keyforge dying um, is one nebulous Two, um, there's an obvious answer. If you're talking about, is it canceled or not? And three, if you're talking about the health of the game, well, we can't really meet in stores quite yet safely in most places in the, in the United States, at least where, where I'm, uh, where I'm residing. So, um, Yes, it's taking a hit, but we have such a strong core community online that if we're just talking about is Keyforge dying, as in is it suffering more relative to other games? I said, no, it's not suffering more relative to other games. We have content creators who are continuing to put things out. We have engaged community members, um, both uh, a great number locally that I know here in here in Georgia, USA, and plenty uh, and plenty online people who continue to engage can talk about the game and enjoy it. So, um, yes, yes, is Keyforge dying? No, it's not. There's your answer. Um, <laughs> that, that's it. That's it. And and I think at this point we have to say that less than two years ago, this was one of the top three collectible card games in the world and of course coming out of the pandemic ffg and asmodee their parent company will have to take business decisions on you know what games they invest in and what games they don't but i think keyforge has got a, a really good potential for being one of those games there because of this proven track record because they're going to want to have a game that can and is proven to go toe to toe with those big three that you spoke about earlier zach in, in addition to that, we're even more likely to, to get that investment because it's their own IP. They built it from scratch. They don't have to pay anyone for, for it. It's not like Star Wars. It's not like Marvel, where uh, uh, quite a large percentage of that, they're, they're sort of paying off to someone else. It's all theirs. Mm-hmm. So their, their, their base costs are much lower than they would be otherwise. And, I, and I, think, I think there are many reasons to be positive for the future of this game, and that is one of them. But... Shall we dive into in Zach to our, our main topic? And that is what can we do? What can community organizers do? And what, of course, can every single one of our listeners do to ensure that Keyforge not just survives the pandemic, but absolutely thrives in its wake? Yes, yes. I'm looking forward to diving into it. And I will mention, uh, Ed and I will touch on what we believe FFG can do uh, to help. Um, however, we're under no we're under no deception that, you know, um, the investors at Asmodee are going to listen to us and say, ah, Ed and Zach, they've got it right. So we're not going to spend as much time on what we're asking from FFG and Asmodee. Um, However, we do want to mention it because that is obviously a a factor in this entire thing. So the first area we're going to look at, Zach, is how people responded to what can community organizers and content creators do to help Keyforge survive the pandemic. Um, But I would be remiss, we would be remiss if we didn't first talk about what's already happening. And this was a common theme in people's responses. I think it was... 
what you know we've got to celebrate what's already going on and i think people feel that content creators and community organizers are doing a great job already and any suggestions is how can we take that one step further it's not these are all the things that people are failing to currently do um so so first of all you know let's talk about those content creators podcasts youtubers um, and I have to say at this point, thank you to everyone who said some really lovely things about us in the responses. Hearing that kind of thing really makes a difference. We do try and be as reliable as we possibly can as a podcast. Um, but hearing your feedback and getting that engagement really it helps us uh, not kind of create content in a vacuum and, and helps us feel really good about uh, the time that we invest in in, in making this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, people also wanted to shout out resources like Archon Arcana. Um, shout out to to G Blinking Line, uh, and of course Lady Kafina, who I think was behind that amazing new redesign of the site. Yes. Um, it looks incredible. If you haven't seen that Keyforge community, do go and check it out soon. Yes. So this, I think, uh, boils down to a shout out to to make sure you're involved as as much as you reasonably can be in listening to, uh, you know, as many KeyForge podcasts as you can as you can fit in. Send these content creators a note saying, uh, saying you know how much you enjoyed that latest episode. So go ahead and skip us there. Send send somebody else that lovely note. Email <laughs> you know, e- email help from future self Archon or uh, Archon's corner. Um, hit up hit up somebody else there. Uh, Keys to ESP, the new one, the new one out of Canada. The Canadians really pulling more than their fair share of the weight here with uh, podcasting in in twenty twenty. Um, of course, online leagues. Uh, that is one of the most enjoyable ways to make sure you're having like a good friendly experience on TCO is to get into a league. Um, Coat is one of the longest running. Uh, just well-known ones now. Swindle tournaments, the Ancient Bear Republic League. There's plenty of local leagues. A lot of these are just easy to get into, are run very well, um, and just a, a really great way to play Keyforge on a regular basis mm. with uh, with different formats, different people, and are just are just a ton, a ton of fun, a ton of fun. And a lot of store-based chainbounds have moved online now. So, you know, if you used to go to a chainbound, to a weekly event, or if you, you know, fancy doing a doing a bit of a casual, semi, semi-casual semi keyforge, then, yeah, just check out, see what your local community is doing. There's a lot of Discord groups here. And if you don't know what they are for your region, you know, you can jump on the Facebook group and, and, and get, those, uh, get those links pretty quickly, I think. Um, so jump in. The community is still very active. And, of course... None of this would be possible without the incredible power of the Crucible Online. Um, so many of you highlighted this as the main reason that many of us are able to continue to play and engage with Keyforge in 2020. So huge shout out there to everyone maintaining and making the TCO the experience that it is. Yes, yes. So uh, I hope this first section uh, points out to you, listener, that we at Color Discovery are not really originating a whole lot of these, uh, many at all of these ideas about how Keyforge survives the pandemic, but we want to point to what's already happening in the community and trends that you can be a part of in the community to, to help Keyforge get through this, uh, get through this well. 
Mm, mm. And and again, thank you to all of you for your responses. We've had to sort of pick pick some responses to talk about on the show. It doesn't mean they're the best ones. It doesn't mean they're the worst ones. They were just the the ones that we we wanted to have some crunchy conversations around. Um, and I guess we're going to dive now into what can content creators, what can community organizers do more? What gaps do the Keyforge community think there is? What opportunities do the Keyforge community think there is for, for, for us to, to make better stuff, to, to either build the community or, or keep it engaged? And the first one I think we, we want to draw everyone's attention to is from Drazcor, uh, who says... What about advertising a newbie night on places like Reddit, creating a cheat sheet on how to get started in TCO and Discord and get folks to learn together? We could also produce content specifically aimed at your first Keyforge podcast to be a good entry point. Mm -hmm. And this, I think, was typical of quite a few responses that said, ooh, you know, the pandemic has forced Keyforge to move online. And as a result, that barrier to entry has gone up a bit. So what can we as community organizers do, as content creators do to lower that barrier to entry again, Um, which was really, really interesting and certainly got got us thinking about what we can do on the podcast. Yes, yes. And it's, it's, uh, especially during the pandemic right now, it is tough to actually get new people into the game and what Drascore is talking about here, uh, what Drascore is talking about here is doing some conscious efforts of how do we get people started on Keyforge mm. in the middle of a pandemic? What's a cheat sheet to get started in TCO? What is a dedicated place in some Discord where people can go say, "Hey, I'd like to just try this game out. I'm interested, but TCO it's a little intimidating. I don't really know what's going on. Why can't I change these cards out of my deck?" Um, and start to answer these sorts of questions. So that is something I think could be very valuable, um, at the very least an approach to uh, what can we do for brand new players? What can we do that will get people into the game? Um, we do plenty for players who are already playing Keyforge, um, but uh, we can kind of, I think, take this take this <laughs> marketing and evangelism upon ourselves to uh, to proactively reach out here with uh, some ideas very much like Drascores. Absolutely. And if you're a Keyforge player, which I'm sure you are if you're listening to this podcast, and you think any of this is a good idea, then get out there and do it. Because uh, we have, I think, a very open community and um, people will take that good work and they will run with it. Yes. Yes, certainly. Certainly. Uh, Mm. Our next one is from uh, composer Karen Brown. And uh, she says, in competitive spaces, I think we've done a great job, but providing more casual spaces and formats is difficult in the quote-unquote open to everyone space of the internet. I think that envisioning less cutthroat formats like Tesla, uh, shout out to Mortivus there, will help the online game immensely. Less conventional formats will also renew interest in the game as it will force people to re-examine their collections. And you will see the follow-up question to this, Zach, that I added. What's Tesla? <laughs> <laughs> yes, a Tesla is a format from Mortivus where you bring, uh, you bring a deck, and for the first round of the competition, you flip a coin to see whether it's Archon or Reversal. Mm. Um, and then it alternates back and forth between Archon and Reversal for each round of the tournament. So when you bring a deck, you won't necessarily know whether you're going to be playing Archon or Reversal first, and no matter what, you're going to be both playing with and against this deck. 
which really you need to uh, know the deck, know the deck well, but you don't even get the chance, right, to play it with chains. You're going to need to be able to beat it with whatever you're handed, uh, no chains, no chains at all. So I think Karen's point in referencing that is that if there are more casual formats that um, are maybe a bit less intense, a bit less uh, high stakes, kind of like Tesla formats or variants, excuse me, that we could invent that will... Uh, help get new people in there and help retain people through yeah. a just kind of enjoyable, uh, uh, more low-key enjoyable format. Mm, and I think the challenge there and the opportunity is to find a format that allows any deck to be competitive and interesting, but at the same time keeping that barrier of complexity of the format itself as low as possible mm-hmm. um and it sounds like tesla is a really interesting one um so i'm looking forward to seeing if if you uh, in the community are thinking about organizing a new tournament for the new year then why not try out tesla i think the other important thing to talk about here is i often hear a lot of the game being framed around the discussion of archon of yeah those top decks and describing any deck that's not archon as maybe less fun to play with or you know it's it's not it's not a good deck but here's the thing i think there's no good or bad deck in keyforge i think it's just the lens of the format that you're talking about it through and if we can if we can find something to excite people about playing those so-called bulk decks that are just as fun to play with as as any other deck is um you know in in a vacuum then yeah we are we are we are really on to something there Yes, yes, I, I agree. I agree, certainly. The next one is a response from uh, Alex Carroll, uh, Lord of Winter. Alex says, content creators make more videos. We don't see too many streams or YouTube videos. Brackets, we're guilty of this as well. <laughs> Organizers yes. host more accessible tournaments um, and, and really referencing there what Karen said above. But on the content creator side, what are your thoughts about that? Zach? Uh, yeah, I think there's certainly space for, for more video makers. Uh, we have a couple pretty well-established ones. We haven't seen Keyforge concepts back in a while, unfortunately. Uh, but Jean-Claude Van, uh, Van Damme, or Jean-Claude Van Keyforge, I think is what he goes by, um, he has been making videos for, oh gosh, I think I think it qualifies as years now, unboxing mm-hmm. videos. Um, uh, Boulevard Paper Fight, of course, Blake from Help From Future Self has been doing videos um, and streams. Uh, I know some people stream, uh, here and there. We've got more of us. We've got tabletop Royale, of course. Um, but there's always space for more there. And remember you can, you can, if you want to dive into that just for fun, you can keep it simple. I mean, uh, look at Jean-Claude. He has improved so many things and has, has like his channel is great. Uh, he, he, unboxes decks and and leafs through them and talks about them and boulevard paper fight has those kinds of videos as well if you've got something to set your phone on uh you could also do an unboxing video where you open a a sealed deck and then talk through it maybe you Mm. turn it into a bigger thing where you post on on discord or reddit about uh you know playing with that deck over the next few weeks who knows and don't overthink it. Just do it. You know, we've, <laughs> I think some of us have maybe got a bit of time over Christmas and it could be a nice project. So really, really just 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 get started with it. If you fancied starting your own thing, um, I think Justin from Tabletop Row in, in our episode with him gave a few tips for starting streaming or starting just a YouTube channel in Keyforge and really encourages people to do that. So go back and, and check that one out. 
I think also a lot of this comes down to viewers and engagement. Certainly, people are more likely, YouTubers are more likely to make Keyforge content if people are watching it, if people are engaging with it, if people are talking to them about it. So go and tell your favorite YouTube Keyforge content creator that you really enjoy it. Go and tell them what you'd like to see more of and what you'd like to see less of. Certainly, certainly. Um, and from Anonymous, they mentioned in this vein of being able to do tournaments that have maybe a bit more fun, a bit more casualness to them, uh, a bit more low-key. They say, a friend is planning a Brobtoberfest. Love that. Uh, a Brobtoberfest event where we'll, we will be bringing Brobnar decks and play a series of rounds with special rules that highlight Brobnar tactics. While we aren't playing, I'm coming up with various challenges to issue to other players that will give us a chance to dust off decks we might not normally use. Uh, I think that is great, honestly, with these casual formats. I don't think uh, I don't think you need to be scared of having maybe a bit of a silly restriction, right? Um, making sure you're bringing Brobdar, maybe altering a rule or two that that favors uh, that favors something silly going mm. on in Brobnar. Um, yeah. So, uh, if you're doing any of this, uh, listener, if you are, if you are, have done some fun stuff like a Brobtoberfest or something similar, uh, po- post online about, uh, how it went with, with your kind of casual, just for fun, just for fun format. I think a lot of people would find value in that. 100% and have a bit of fun with it. Keyforge is a, a whimsical game and we all need something. I think, uh, something whimsical to get us through the winter months this year um and a brobtoberfest i i mean just as an idea sounds awesome uh, <laughs> you yeah. don't need to be together we've got tco to, to do that kind of thing our next one is from justin nolan who says um organize regional communities uh, so that they can communicate and plan even if they can't play we built a nc uh, sc discord i'm guessing that's somewhere in north carolina south carolina uh, maybe yeah, north carolina south carolina you're exactly right to advertise events and build relationships right before the pandemic hit and it's still going strong and i think i can echo that we heard as well that the uh, the french keyforge association their discord is going very strong they've got a lot of a lot um a, a lot going on there in one of the responses we had certainly i can speak for for the uk we've got a few different discords that are, are all going very very strong as well and events happening most days so if your area if your region doesn't have one start it because i think you'll be surprised how quickly things come back zach i think you're actually an honorary member of the uk uh, keyforge discord <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so there was a particular moment in commentating a TCO tournament, uh, whereas I, wherein I ate popcorn in a very silly way on camera, um, and I was turned into a GIF on that Discord, and they felt guilty having a GIF of me without me being in the Discord. So I got uh, I got a special invite to that. One. Wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. Um, and a shout out here to a new page on Archon Arcana that was uh, count that's come up this December of 2020. There is a local groups and shops page on Archon Arcana now. Uh, kind of initially inspired by some work that Muffins, a uh, guest of the podcast, had been doing for the UK. This page on Archon Arcana 
is where uh, kind of teams slash groups slash stores where you can play Keyforge uh, are going to be listed all across the world. And they will have Facebook accounts, Twitter accounts, and Discord invites uh, listed. So it's relatively new uh, by the time this is going out. So if your group's not on there, make sure uh, to get it on there. We'll put a link uh, in the show notes. And also make sure uh, to go on there and look to see if there's uh, anyone anyone near you uh, where you've got a place you can connect with them uh, via that list. And the Frenchican says, keep talking about it, especially when new sets drop. The pandemic has caused so many of us to lose enthusiasm for what we loved, but keeping it relevant and in a fun and engaging way can keep the game going. This really resonated with me, Zach, because I think... Yeah, I, I'm normally someone, I, I do a lot of music and I like to be on stage and um, that has not happened this year once. Mm. So I miss that. And it's difficult sometimes when you're not able to do your hobbies, when life looks very different to kind of almost keep your identity and keep that enthusiasm and almost remember that. And I think, yeah, I, I, I imagine there's a lot of players who maybe that resonates with as well. Um, so if we all recognize that, then we can can do what we can to, to, to sort of cognizantly uh, move in a way that we retain that enthusiasm, both as content creators and, uh, you know, any Keyforge player. Yes. Yes, agreed. Agreed. And I think there will be plenty to, to get excited about in, oh, roughly six weeks as, as Dark Tidings quickly approaches, which I'm very excited about. Very oh, Matt, I'm so excited about Dark Tidings. It looks so good. Yes. Literally so good. And it is only like six weeks away now, which is absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. And I, it's, um, it's just going to c- come and raise, raise the tide, and uh, we are all going to be in awe of its many unfathomable deaths. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And shall we move on to what uh, everybody as players can do? Absolutely. So we've spoken about content creators, about community organizers. And, you know, if you don't think that applies to you, well, why not? You know, that could be you. <laughs> you could be a community organizer. You could be a content creator. Uh, but just do it in whatever way you fancy doing it. And that is will be the best and most authentic way. But what we are all certainly players and evangelists indeed of this incredible game. So what did the community think that we as players can do, Zach? Well, uh, there are there are a number of things, and we've got uh, we've got a lovely thought here from uh Kiforgeur. Uh, I would uh, assume that's pronounced with a French accent there, who says Keyforge's success and durability will depend mainly on its normal commercial success. Can't deny that. If Keyforge sells very well, the game will last a long time. So buy new decks in your language and in your country to make Keyforge as profitable as any other TCG. For this, there must be a maximum number of players. Talk about Keyforge everywhere. Have it tested. Create content about it. There's so much to explain about Keyforge to help beginners understand the intricacies of the game. Uh, stop talking about SAS to novice players as it reinforces the impression of imbalance that exists between decks. Um, I think uh, our recent guest, Nathan, who made SAS, uh, would certainly agree with that to some degree that SAS can be confusing for a mm. player who doesn't have context for how SAS should be used. Um, and then highlight the chain system that works very well uh, for balancing decks out. Promote texting your deck many times against different 
decks. So there's a lot in there. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> there's a lot in there, which uh, I will admit I did not realize when I started uh, this person's lovely, very long quote. Um, mm. but I, I think the first one, uh, I think the first one is important at the end of the day, Keyforge will continue to be produced by Asmodee and FFG if uh, it's profitable. Um, so here's the thing you can do, uh, you can support that and your local game store, um, at the same time. I mean, I'm certainly not above buying an inexpensive display on Amazon, but if you buy your decks from your friendly local game store and keep Keyforge moving elsewhere, uh, whatever you can appropriately spend, of course, uh, that will, that will help. That will help. The more friends you get into the game, the more people will buy it and pick it up, um, and at the end of the day, that is what needs to happen. And um, everything else kind of helps point point to that, right? Getting more decks sold. Absolutely. And it's worth noting here, you know, it, think about it as investing in the game, you know, investing in the future of the game, because that's what we're ultimately doing. By buying product, we are investing in the company to to sort of give the designers time to to make more awesome cards for this game that we love. Um, I will caveat that just by saying that I don't think Keyforge fits into the worst recesses of this in in the many of the ways that other trading card games do. But you know, do think about how much can you realistically afford. Oh, of course. Um, don't don't purchase the game beyond your means to purchase it. Uh, but if you fancy giving yourself a nice Christmas present why not get another display? If you don't use it now, I'm sure you will appreciate it at some point soon. On, on the second piece as well, I think the second piece is really interesting. Stop talking about SAS to novice players. It can boil Keyforge down to one number. It can boil a deck down to one number, which I think is takes some of that fun of discovery away from it. I mean, SAS is a brilliant thing. It's so crucial to the secondary market, but having recently introduced a new friend to the game myself they don't want to know about SAS at all because they their instant reaction was, well, that means that this deck's better than this one. So actually talking about chains, I think, instead was exactly what we did. And it was a really good way of introducing the game to a new player um, because I found myself sometimes with a deck, you know, even if we just opened them blind, that was much more powerful than um, than the deck that my my opponent was playing. And that was particularly poignant because we were playing Call of the Archons where there's generally more of an imbalance in deck strengths. Think proactively about how you introduce the the game to new players um, and let them discover it for themselves. Yes, yes, certainly. Uh, this next one from Anonymous. Uh, this next one from Anonymous really rang... Uh, rang true with me. I've certainly done it before uh, to varying degrees of success. Uh, much more success with my, my current local place I stick with, Taiki's Games. Uh, they are lovely. Um, and they say, stay in contact with your FLGS. Uh, if For the uninitiated, FLGS stands for Friendly Local Game Store. Uh, let them know how excited you are to support them. Reach out to the people you've played with, check in on them, and remind them that you're looking forward to playing. Um, at the end of the day, like Ed said at the beginning of the episode, Keyforge you know, requires uh, another person across the table from you. So there is inherently, uh, you need to be 
enjoying that connection with people, that social aspect. Um, if you're going to keep coming back, if you're going to get somebody to keep coming back, they're going to need to mm. connect on whatever level, whether or not they're a highly social person, uh, connect on some level with the people in the, in the store you're in. So connecting with the store saying, Hey, really loved the key forge event, really looking forward to going again, getting in touch with the, the new person you played with saying, Hey, those are some great matches. Really looking forward to seeing you next week. Uh, that just really helps up the chance that those people are going to return, that that store owner is going to be really into talking about the game to people who come through the store. Um, and just, just being proactive and kind or in the context of Keyforge will really, really help uh, longevity in your particular local scene. Absolutely. Or, or even help to re-kickstart it after the pandemic again, because local game stores are not awash with money, particularly this year. I think it's safe to say. And um, for them, every game they carry, every expansion they carry is an investment that they have to make. And uh, to do that, I think, yeah, it's safe to say they have to be pretty confident that there are going to be people playing it. So you are giving them reasons to invest in the game, which uh, which I think is very, very positive. And talking of positive, Zach, our next comment is on a having a positive approach. Um, and Rosewood um, slash Moonroth says, I think it's just a mindset. As soon as we can start playing in real life together again, we can jumpstart the game. Keyforge is so accessible and easy to pick back up if you take a break. I'm not worried about the future health of this game. And I, I, I wanted to highlight this one because I just really like it. It's really positive. It's yeah. really happy. But it's also true. You know, Keyforge, there's not a meta of, you know, you having to have bought into the last two years of the game and know everything about the last two years of the game. You can just jump back in, grab a couple of decks, even play your old decks. So there is no barrier of entry, really, to, to jumping back into, a, back into another tournament. This next one we're going to jump into. Um, we're going to start with a quote from Ketzer and then talk about this kind of larger idea. We've started to bounce around with a number of members of the community. It won't be new, but I think the focus on it and some intention with it will be new. So Ketzer says, bring more people into the game by giving out decks and tokens. Find out why people are leaving and bring that discussion to the community. Oh, that's a good one. Let your, L, uh, let your local game store know that the game still matters, possibly by using social, social media to organize locally. So um, a lot of good thoughts in there. Uh, find out why people are leaving. If someone has left the game, you know, check in with them, ask why, perhaps. Um, but the start of this, they said, bring more people into the game by giving out decks and tokens. I know there's been some uh, discussion on other podcasts and online of what do we do with our extra decks i know some of you will just have a, a handful of decks you've got what you need and that's good uh, a number of you like myself perhaps will have a large number of extra decks that honestly i will likely not ever play whether i bought them in bulk or i've just been acquiring them slowly over a lot of time i have a whole lot of extra decks that to be honest i probably just won't get to so uh, we do have, we have, you know, players we want to get into the game. We have people we want to get into the game. We have extra decks. Um, but how can we take that up a level from just giving a person a few decks, right? Uh, just giving them a few decks and hoping that they, they, they uh, play them and, and kind of get going with those decks. Well, there's this idea that Sky Jedi, uh, Luke Olson, who's been on our, our podcast before, 
um, uh, has has titled Project Reforge, right? Where you've got these extra decks that you'll never play, and we've got people we want to get into the game. And the idea behind Project Reforge is that it's a bundle, and Project Reforge is really just kind of a list of the things that would go in this bundle when you're handing it to a new player. You'd want those extra decks... Uh, you'd want to find uh, tokens, either extra ones, extra Keyforge tokens that you have, uh, stand-in tokens from something else, or 3D-printed tokens that you're buying from somebody, um, which can be done on the cheap. Um, and then just a list of starting resources. Uh, we've been talking with some of the people at Arcana Arcana. Uh, we might try to start a uh, Project Reforge page where you could hand somebody two decks, tokens, and then a link to this Project Reforge page. And they go to it, and it's like, hey, you're getting started in Keyforge. Here's some, uh, here's some discords. Here's some resources. Um, and so that this person has everything they need to, to get going with Keyforge and to really try it out, uh, for free. If you're putting this bundle together, you can give them this bundle, uh, for free. Now, of course, not everyone, uh, will, will of course, uh, be an immediate Keyforge convert if you give them this amazing, this amazing, you know, new player bundle. Um, however, it's a way to use your extra decks and, my goodness, like you, you will get some new people through just handing them decks to, to try it out. If they can, if they can try it out for free, lowering that barrier of entry. Um, I think there, there's a lot of possibility. If, if uh, a lot of people start to look at how they can put a bundle together, hand it to somebody who wants to try it out and get them hooked that way. 100%, 100%. And I'm excited to hear about this reforge idea because, I mean, I grab one starter deck with every set that comes out so that I've got essentially uh, all of those tokens in place that I can give to, to someone else. I'm, uh, I am I hand out a lot of my, my bulk decks. Those those are the fun decks, the, the kind of middling power decks, the, the ones that um, aren't weird, um, aren't as weird, let's put it that way. But I think as a new player, you don't want the weird decks. You kind of do want those middling decks so that, yeah, they're quite good against each other. Um, and I hand them out and I have a great time handing them out. And I brought in so many people to the game that way. And, um, and as I mean, it's purely selfish really, because I've just got more people to play with Zach, but, um, this project reforge sounds awesome. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to checking it out. Yes. Yes. Me too. Me too. And the next one, we can't really credit to one person because so many of you said this, but this is all around becoming and or supporting the content creators you value. So first of all, I think that's about reaching out to the content creators that you value, that you listen to, uh, that you watch, that you consume content from, whether that be Blinking Line making Archons of Kana, whether that be some of the YouTube creators, whether that be podcasts like ourselves. You know, we want to hear from people because it helps us to uh, to make more of the show. It helps us to feel good about it. It helps us to feel connected. So, um, yeah, reach out to, to your, your, your favorite content creators, become a content creator. Um, and you know, if you're considering it, uh, let other content creators know what questions you have. Yeah. We're certainly open to that. If you, if you, if you want to become a content creator in Keyforge and you've got questions, let us know. And then the third one, of course, is support content creators that you value. You know, this stuff does cost money, um, right across whether it be TCO, whether it be Archon Arcana, whether it be YouTubers, whether it be Twitch, whether it be your favorite podcasts, check in them out. Most of us have got Patreons. And if you are willing and able, 
support them. So one other very important thing that you can do uh, for Keyforge and the people of Keyforge is uh, put very well by a couple of quotes. I'm going to say one from Kurt here, uh, and that's reaching out to the people in the community. So Kurt says, reach out to the players in your community. People are in isolation and haven't talked to each other for a while. Invite them to play a game online, ask how they're doing, take this time to build a connection and friendship to take care of one another. Um, like we said earlier, like Keyforge, you know, it, it takes two people and we all have lives uh, outside of Keyforge, unless, of course, you're, you know, Danny Schaefer or, or Aaron. Um, well, I'm sure they have lives outside of Keyforge. <laughs> uh, nope, they're not allowed to. Not at all. They've got to create set 27 before they can, before they can do oh, no. anything else. Like. But uh, uh, to Kurt's point here, uh, reaching out to people, um, in the community, checking on them, say, checking in on them, saying, "Hey, how are you doing?" Inviting them to play a game on TCO and uh, see if you can hop on the phone or over voice chat with them, as you do to just chat about the game and and anything that's been going on. Um, people are in just various states of of difficult employment situations, whether they've uh, lost a job or their job is more difficult right now um, or their family life is more difficult because of the pandemic. There are an awful lot. Of, of factors going on. So being able to check in with people uh, is very, is very important. Blinking line uh, said something very similar when he said, we're all struggling with various degrees of lockdown and isolation. So take some time to check in on your fellow forgers and make sure they're doing okay. By building interpersonal relationships during a time when none of us can play in person, the hope is that those continue when in-person events can resume. So couldn't have really said it better myself than uh, Blinking Line and Kurt there. Uh, reach out to people. Um, even if you're a little nervous, the person might not reach out back. Uh, the worst that happens is that I feel a little bad that somebody nice reached out to them and they didn't respond. So so I say go for it. Absolutely. And the reason why they didn't respond might not be because of you. It's you know probably more because we're all having a really difficult time at the moment and everyone deals with that in different ways. I'm sure the gesture will be appreciated. Mm -hmm. Yes, certainly. Certainly. And finally, Zach, I think we're on to our topic of, well, what FFG can do to to kind of push this game into the future. And as I say, this isn't a topic we wanted to really focus on, um, but it's something we we have to touch on because I think in, in a lot of the responses, there were some, there were some key themes, even though that the survey was focused on what can players and community organizers mm -hmm. do. Yes. Yes. So the, the first one, of course, and this is going to surprise no one. And if we didn't mention it on a, how does Keyforge uh, thrive after the pandemic, we would probably be short, shorting ourselves uh, is official online play. This is, so so important if if keyforge gets official online play um that's it keyforge will be solidified as one of the big card games for the next large number of years um i uh, that is my maybe not a hot take but that is my take i'd be willing to stand by ffg um, we have had people calling for this, not only all of the fans, but also just industry leaders, industry thinkers, uh, Zach Bunn, founder and CEO of Team Covenant, who we've had the pleasure of having on this podcast, uh, harps on Keyforge online play. I mean, Keyforge will just get mentioned as a point of reference as they're talking about games in general, and he will half the time make a joke about, oh, by the way, we need online play. Okay, continue. So, um, online play, I think, would just only grow the game. It would bring more people into stores because it would lower the barrier of entry 
to, to nil. Um, even our project reforge packs that we're talking about, right? This community organized effort around getting new people to the table. Like even that is nowhere near how easy it would be to get in if you could play officially online. So just want to spend a minute emphasizing how important and amazing that would be. Um, we know there were at least thoughts, um, thoughts on the topic, uh, from Richard Garfield. Um, we know that Keyforge was put up as an IP for a third party developer to work on, uh, roughly a year ago at this point. So we don't really know exactly where it is in the process, but we want it. We need it. It would solidify Keyforge's future if we get it. 100%. The possibilities are endless, Zach. And it would be... Keyforge, I think, would just lean into its online version really well. The two, the physical and the online, could work really well as a blended experience because of those unique decks. We've got those QR codes. We've got we've got the ingredients. You can get your digital decks physically. You can get your physical decks digitally. It all makes sense and works in perfect harmony. I'm I really really hope that that we see this at some point in the near future. Yes. Yes, me too. Me too, Ed. Me too. I think something that underlies a lot of what we've spoken about today, Zach, is trust. And sometimes I think for people to invest in Keyforge, they need to have confidence that um, FFG, that Asmodee are invested in this. And I feel that a good way to bring Keyforge back up to that top three collectible card games once more would be yeah even just a soft relaunch of the game Asmodee just showing that they are still invested in this game by putting all those signs out there by really you know doing a I'd say a soft relaunch there and I think that that would that would require a couple of things that would require obviously a, a marketing a marketing push another marketing push for a game which I think is something we haven't seen with many FFG games once after that initial marketing push um but uh we do know that they've been restructuring a lot so i would actually be surprised if we didn't see this marketing push maybe with set seven or something yeah after that pandemic is finished and i think the other thing relies upon the set itself we've certainly seen an increase in the number of keywords um in recent sets and mass mutation it is safe to say is probably a bit more complex to play than call of the archons so Perhaps this set with the the soft relaunch would be a little bit easier to play, bringing Keyforge back to some of those core principles, but indeed incorporating a lot of those learnings that we've had since then. It could be indeed the best set of Keyforge that we see or that we'd seen to date if if they if they did that effectively. Yeah, I agree, Ed, and uh, I'm given hope by Danny's quote from his time uh, on our podcast a number of episodes back, where he said there will be a hard limit to the. Number Number of keywords going into any one particular set. I certainly think they could take a set um, a bit more simple design-wise to uh, try to make it a good kind of re-entry point. Um, but I, I think even if that set looks a lot different from Call of the Archons, they could hopefully accomplish that. Oh, 100%. We've already seen them take steps in that direction by putting some keywords at rare. So, you know, a, a newer player is not going to be too daunted by getting a deck with all the keywords at once, which is, uh, which is I think, a really positive mm -hmm. approach. The, the last thing we're going to mention from FFG here is, uh, of course, communication. Now, I say FFG, this may honestly be more 
Asmodee because uh, you you may not know as it's only here and there you've been people have been able to pick up this news, but FFG's marketing team, their marketing writers, uh, were laid off. There have been cuts to the organized play team, and so when we're not getting communication and news from people. That I, that's because I think we're down to very, very few people, even if we can make mm. that plural. Uh, there might just be one who handles marketing, blog writing, all of this sort of thing. Uh, I remember just uh, a few weeks ago, by the time this airs, uh, Aaron, one of the designers, went out of his way um, to post on Facebook a bit of an update about just what's going on generally it essentially just said hey we're still here we're still designing still working on keyforge it's great i know we've been a bit silent now that is not in aaron's job description aaron is not a marketer he's a dev his his job is to work on these cards get these cards developed test them once in a blue moon you know maybe go out on a podcast or a or a crucible cast so um, i'm very thankful you know when when uh People like him choose to kind of speak out on social media and just to reassure us um, because that's outside of his job description. Um, I mean, who knows if he even got cleared by marketing, right, to, to post from his personal Facebook account in, in the Keyforge thing. So Let, let's not get him in trouble, though, Zach. <laughs> okay, he posted publicly, I'm sure. I'm sure, oh. I'm sure that's, uh, that's highly visible. So I'll... All that to yeah. say, yes, we need more communication from FFG, um, but I know the people that would come through are a bit squeezed. And like, yes, we want to hear more about what's going on. Yes, we want more talk from them. But um, just recognize that most of the humans who would hear us yelling at them are not responsible for that situation. A- absolutely. And I think it's safe to say here, the corporate kind of restructure consolidation that it seems Asmodee is very much doing at the moment this year um, does not spell an ill omen for the game itself. Um, but it does create some challenges like this. And Evan, uh, FFG's head of marketing and potential only marketing team member, uh, must be doing an incredible job handling all of those games under under his remit. But we just have to hope that actually Asmodee at this point invest more in the marketing and communication of those games as they've taken it out of the hands of FFG itself. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So uh, it's 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 complicated. It's often not ideal, but I I hope that um, whoever is making those decisions at that level can really invest in the game in that long term way. But lovely listeners, we hope that you've found some insights, maybe some 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 ideas uh, that have been uh, been uh, spawned in your minds that will grow. And uh, maybe you're going to be a content creator in 2021. Maybe you will be a community organizer. Maybe you will engage in Keyforge Reforge and share some of your decks with new players. Then opening up your mind to maybe explore some new decks for yourself as well. Um, we very much look forward to sharing our excitement of discovery with you in 2021 and uh, this will of course be our last episode in 2020 and thankfully we are rid of this terrifying dystopian year um if you are enjoying call of discovery and you are willing and able to support us in a monetary fashion our patreon is of course linked below 
You can put your own weird and wonderful decks into the spotlight and, of course, have your say through our Patreon-only Discord. We are also considering some wonderful Patreon plans for 2021. Let us know what you'd like to see more of and less of in future shows with your advice, with your engagement. We can really tailor the show and we can know what's hitting and what's missing. Uh, Subscribe and leave a review on your regular podcast app. We love reviews. We will read them out, particularly if they're odd. Um, And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or you can email us at podcast at coolofdiscovery.com. But most importantly, If you think a friend would enjoy this podcast, please do help them to discover it. Have you answered the call of discovery? 